Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, everybody? Welcome into the College Chaos Podcast. I'm Garrett Ross alongside my man, Jack McKenzie, and we got the young homie, Emery Winter, on the mic, working the ones and twos over there, Hell being our yeah. producer today. What's good, Thank Emery? Thank you, Emery. How we doing? How we doing? Good, man. Glad to have you aboard. Appreciate Real, your services. Really glad to have you. I'm glad the, to be a part motion. of it. Glad to be a part of it. Emery's the best. Yeah. Uh, He's the the intern. Well, the, we, we really can't afford to lose any of our interns, but Emery is definitely he's, the, he's he's the, the goat when it comes to this. No, he's the one we really can't lose. <laughs> <laughs> but no. Nah. Man, we got a lot to get to today. Brett Yormark, Big 12 Commissioner, met with the media earlier this week. He had some intriguing things to say uh, regarding conference expansion, the future of football, basketball. I mean, is there a possibility to kind of separate those two? Um also, we're at a point right now where more and more smoke is coming out from Colorado, uh, and you're starting to see not only the smoke, but you're seeing media members who in the past have traditionally been, they're not going anywhere, Colorado staying put, all of a sudden, their tone's changing a little bit, and you know they had some meetings on Wednesday, I mean on Tuesday, uh, nothing has really come out from that yet, but I think giving there's um, I think I, I showed you this uh, prior to the show. Washington State is doing some as well, and going off of theirs, uh, one of the things they're talking about is the media agreement and the money loss. So you got to think that's something Colorado spoke on as well. Oh yeah, and then uh, we'll wrap it up with our ACC over under. Uh, we've done every conference in the Power Five to this date except for the ACC, and we will get into that, but. Looking at you, man, all fly, St. Louis Cardinals, yeah, rocking yeah. it. What's what's going on? What you got going uh, I'm on going, tonight? I'm driving up to Dallas after work today and catching a Rangers-Cardinals game. End of their three-game series. The Rangers have already won the series, so hopefully we just nip one at the end. I like both teams grew, growing up in Dallas. Um, people didn't like me for that around, like, 2011 for some reason. Oh, <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it's going to be a good time to catch up with a couple of my high school buddies. But... Uh, yeah, there's a lot going on right now. Yeah, so one of the things that really stood out to me when you go back to Brett Yormark was he he highlighted what they are looking for in a program as expansion goes on. And some of the things he said was academic alignment and leadership, cultural fit, geography, athletic performance, long-term upside. And that's really what they're evaluating. So there were three things that like bullet points I took away from that, right? It was you obviously want westward expansion. Uh, you know, Gonzaga's been thrown in the mix, Colorado, on the four-corner schools in general. I think you also 
with as smoke comes out with uh, UConn. I think that – and knowing Brett Yormark being a basketball guy coming from New York, I think he wants to get closer to New yeah, York City. I don't fully – see that for the big 12 but we'll get into that here in a sec yeah and another thing too is humble programs yeah i think that right now um, OU in texas left there exactly mark. and you, that's one of the the unique things is like hearing these new programs come in all the athletic directors presidents and everything it's like this is the most uh cohesive the big 12 has been probably in its existence right now yeah um so i think when you're when I look at that, that makes me look at a program like a Utah and knowing their beef with the BYU. And I mean, you can take oh, what you want to man. take. Like them on Twitter are absolutely brutal. Dude, it's that might be one of the most heated social media Twitter rivalries out there. Like it gets nasty. It really does. And I think that if you're not familiar with that rivalry, it kind of might, might get lost in the shuffle with how just grimy it can get at times <laughs> but that being said i feel like that kind of makes utah to me like one of the further schools out that you're looking at just because of the cohesion you have right now within everybody i don't necessarily see it as the the holy war stuff being the reason why i agree with you that they're on the outside looking in on right. that criteria but i think it's more that like they fought so hard to get into the power five at like with with the Pac-12, that they just don't want to see that die. They don't want to be feel like they weren't really in the Power Five, or right. like it. Like they are so happy with where they're at. I feel like on so many levels, from fans to administration, that they're not realizing they really can and need to take that next step up and. I know that some people might get pissed off if you say, well, it may, it's not a step up. The Pac-12 is still power five. The Big 12 is not that much better, if better at all. But it's like, look at the money. They're not getting the money that they need. So I think it's a clear step up. And I think that Utah needs to realize that. And a lot of the toxi toxicity that's there right now is because Utah people do not want to accept that. No, that's fair. But I think also like... So I, what I'm trying to say is I think once they're in for a few years, oh, it'll I don't chill. think it'll be there. I like... So they are not no you or Texas, even though they're acting annoying in similar ways right now from a Big 12 perspective. No, that's fair. And I think that, you know, at the end of the day, really, football is the driving factor here. And Utah, without a doubt, has the best football program of any of those four schools. I mean, you're oh, yeah. back to back Pac-12 champs down. Uh, but and I think it would be great. And we're going to get to see them, you know, what week two here and as they come to Waco and take on Baylor. But. Uh, one another thing that Brett Yormark got into, and this has been brought up in the past, um, was decoupling basketball from football. And that's a really kind of like an intriguing um, philosophy to take, given on how the perspective of basketball from, I, I guess, like nationally, is it's not that big of a deal. But if you look at him, I mean, he's saying that it's undervalued. There's more money to be be sought out and that's something they want to pursue what are your yeah. thoughts uh i'd actually like to hear brett's exact words on this real quick that way we can kind of frame the discussion with that so emory if you will run it as we think about the future and ways to create value there is always that option to decouple um basketball uh from football to see if there's further value we can create for the conference and we have positioned ourselves um to do so at that point in time, if the opportunity presents itself and it makes sense. I still am not thoroughly convinced that that opportunity will come. 
I think the only need to decouple is to accommodate programs like Gonzaga or right. possibly like UConn, which we'll get again, we'll get to UConn, but I don't think they're looking to decouple with UConn. I think they're I believe the reports are that they would bring UConn in as a full member, including football. So you're looking at Villanova's or Gonzaga's now for the decoupling. Right. And as awesome as that would be, I don't think you need to do that. I think that I think that puts you out on a bit of a limb, especially when you start getting a conference that possibly gets too unwieldy in size when you get to probably 16 football members and add another two or four right. basketball members. All of a sudden, how how much can you really brag about being in that conference for basketball where, yeah, you've got like probably six of the top 10 programs in the nation at any given time, but you might only have to really play three of them during the regular season. So I have some questions about that. I do think that above 16, I still worry about how dilutive this stuff gets to use your Mark's own language because I thoroughly believe football will keep coming first and that will be what takes the Big 12 to 16 teams and you're going to get two Pac-12 teams at least. No, that's a good point too because I think what while the Big 12 undoubtedly is the best basketball conference pound for pound, but what gives them the leverage per se is the, the format, right? Like you're playing everybody twice. That's going to go that's away. Gone. And then now gone. the more teams you add in, that's a really good point. You could find yourself in a situation where like you're the SEC with A&M and Georgia not playing. And you know, I grant it's yeah. not that extreme, but you know what I mean with it's that. It's not that extreme. And they will probably look at expanding the conference slate from uh, the 19 games it has been. Right. Um, I believe it'll still be, uh, not 19, 18, uh, 18 games it has been to possibly 20 i'm not certain about that but even then you're not going to play everyone twice and that dramatically changes the way i view the conference i i still don't think you can argue that any conference is better than in basketball because you're just taking that you're taking something that was a clear and individual advantage for the big 12 in basketball and you're just bringing them back to the pack a little because every every other conference uh, does it the way the Big Twelve will have to now. Right. So you're just you're losing an advantage. You're not you're not like falling behind anyone, and you'll still have the best programs. It just it doesn't make sense as a driver for me, especially since I think football at least drives you to sixteen. Past that, you don't need it. I mean, Arizona is a great basketball school. Colorado, they're fine. Like I, I don't see a problem. They're, like I think they're better than UCF. Yes. So yeah, I'd give you that. Like they, they've got more there. Um, and UConn. Let's get to UConn now because as much as I hear Brett Yormark and coming from the, he's he spent time with the Nets. He spent time around the NBA. Clearly, he's a guy who values basketball, values the New York market. Mm. Two things that UConn can deliver in in good amounts to the Big Twelve. I feel like their football is too much of an anchor. I feel like you can't, we've seen, I believe there are reports out there. I believe I've saw it on Twitter. So I'm hoping that there's actual <laughs> fact behind it, uh, that the big 12 is looking at UConn as a full member, including football. And I think that football program is too much of an anchor. You finally have Kansas coming out of that area that UConn's in, right? Why are you going to take a football team to put 
to put your confidence back in that. Yeah, I, I don't like that at all. Like, I, I initially w- could get behind the thought of you're bringing UConn in as basketball only, right? And, yeah. and I mean, you've won multiple national champs. You're the defending champs in men's. We know what their women's basketball program has done. But when you get into football, man, it's like that's that's not even – I don't even – and this might be a shot, but – I view them as kind of like an FCS, like yeah, not a real honestly, like. That, they're, they're to me, that's in, no different than playing like Sam Houston. They're an independent who who struggles to make even millions. I think I, I don't even know if they're making a million off yeah. their off their football. No, I think I think they're making a million, but they're they're struggling to make money off their football program as an independent. They're struggling to schedule. They don't seem to have any direction with it, and frankly. Up in that part of the country, who cares about any football except the New England Patriots? I would say direction they do have because Jim Mora, like what he was able to do there last year, and I know it's small sample size, he's going to be fine, but I don't think that can transition to playing Big Twelve football. So, but at yeah, the, I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say, it. I think UConn football should have completely died with the old Big East. It probably should have. I mean, I, and I think that would have, they probably would have play football, be like Villanova, it. play at the FCS level. I'm down for that. Georgetown does that as well. Exactly. And I think that would be great for them. They need to, they honestly just need to lean into basketball is what we do here. Football's a side thing. But then again, I don't see how that gets them into the Big 12. See, another thing with me with UConn, and like I cover the women's basketball team here at Baylor. And when you look at Gino Ariema and what he's been able to do, like they're at a level where most across the board athletically whether it's professional or I mean they're up there where you might not ever reach that but what who's to say that once Gino retires that they don't take a step back like we saw Tennessee do with Pat Summit they don't Mm -hmm. take a step back like Baylor did with Kim Mulkey like I mean that's something you realistically got to think and that's also when I think of Gonzaga I'm a little hesitant to get real excited about bringing them in because we, what happens after Mark, Mark Few? Few? I mean, and you're isolated. Like, I know their baseball team's pretty good. And the same with Gonzaga. I mean, uh, with uh, UConn, their baseball team's solid. But at the end of the day, like, that's not really what this is about. It's no. about football and there, basketball. There are two sports, and frankly, two sports for the male gender <laughs> that drive the money here. Like, women's basketball does not drive the money. As much ground as it's as it's making up, because the women's final four this past year was highly highly viewed, and there's a lot of growth to be had in that sport. I still don't think that should really enter this conversation. Also, like if you're if you're UConn, right? Like, and I know this is probably a, a minute point, but you are known forever as like the Big East power basketball, the Garden, and all those. Like, do you really want to leave that? I know it might not be on the same level as the Big 12 Conference and the money is everything, but there's something about that. Like, to me, like, being able to play at the Garden is different than anything. Like, and I don't know if I would necessarily want to leave that. to. And while Kansas City's tremendous, I just feel like there's something about that. Oh, the second UConn enters the Big 12 – the Big 12 is trying to get the conference tournament to MSG. I guarantee. I think that's a, I think that's a long play anyway with your mark. Well, and yeah. not if it's necessarily MSG, but the Barclays Center at least with his connections MSG. there. It's MSG. Everyone wants to play in the Mecca. They'll but play in the Mecca before they play in Barclays. They'll play in Barclays at some point. I guarantee that. Oh too. yeah, hell yeah. That's but cool. like, what did the Big Ten do when they added Rutgers? They immediately got on the books for MSG for their conference tournament. Yeah, no, that's like, a good that's point. what people want to do. What's Baylor doing out out in New York City next year? They're playing oh, in both. Yeah, 
They're playing in both. Like, That's a good point. Like the Big 12 is trying to get into that New York basketball scene. And I think it's smart with what you have. I don't think it's smart to add someone like what Rutgers was for the Big 10. How is that working out for It's not. For it's not working anyone. for anybody like, except the pockets like I, of Rutgers. I don't actually think they made a lot of money from that. Like I don't think anyone made uh, like I don't think it helped the Big 10 monetarily all that much i think they felt like it would and i think that other things have helped make it seem like it has but i honestly i believe that them solidifying themselves as the second best football conference despite having anchors like Rutgers in the right. conference for football has been what's gotten their media deal that high not because they added the new york new jersey market Another thing, too, like going back to – I guess it's really you could use it for all sports, but I, I think football mainly is what, – what was the, the biggest complaint we've always heard uh, for West Virginia, right? Like it's hard to get out there. It's hard to get in there. Like do you really want to go to freaking stores, Connecticut, to play football, especially like in November? Uh, Hell no. And the, the, their stadium's well, not I even on to. campus. Why do I want to? Bro, I, I don't know why you would, especially after that Air Force game last year when you damn near get frostbite. Yeah, Emmer's one who damn near got frostbite. Yeah, I, I actually made it to good? the game. You, still th- you ever thaw out, bro? Dude, my fingers are still a little swollen, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> oh, yeah. But another, that was a fun time. That was a fun time. It really was. Another thing that he, he mentioned, and I think this is intriguing because this is something, this is going to be like a, my little pet peeve rant. Um branding so they are going to do some branding but they're not going to change the name they're going to you know update the logo or whatever this is something that drives me crazy dude because all of these conferences and the sec has even gotten to this point none of the names make sense like that and i know it's it's little like think about it the The, all the, the the sec still makes sense does it really though with oklahoma like that's not the southeast that's Kind of getting towards some Midwest shit. At least it's out. Whoa, whoa, whoa. O- Oklahoma is not it's closer. The I think it, Oklahoma it, is, is it not closer, the Midwest. Is it, Emory, you're from Oklahoma. Is it closer to the Midwest or is it closer to the Southeast? I would say closer to the Midwest. Thank you. <laughs> it's closer to the Midwest, but it is not the Midwest, good sir. Dude, I, I, I feel like it is. And I feel like that's even kind of like getting to a point with them where you're not making any sense. Okay, now if I said the South the Southeastern Conference is the conference of the Deep South, it's not no more. I don't. Texas isn't the Deep South. I know Texas isn't the Deep South, but it's right next door. But it's not the same anymore. That's what I'm saying. You've with all of the changes and all of these names, I feel like you at least got to update it, bro. For the Big Twelve, yeah. For the Big Ten, yeah. For the Pac-12, who cares? They're gone. <laughs> For the ACC, they're gone next. <laughs> that one still makes sense. Atlantic Coast Conference? Um, they're all on the Atlantic Coast. Yeah, for now. Except for like Pitt. Close enough, though. Pitt, Louisville. Yeah, I guess enough. I'll... Well, I don't know, dude. Louisville, you're kind of getting fringy there. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's the way I'm looking at Oklahoma <laughs> and Texas. Hey, you're getting fringy there. Yeah, that's Those just, two still make sense. All the other... Like, Big 12... Dude, if we don't, if we go past twelve, we gotta. It's gonna be great once we lose, once we lose the two, and we're actually back at twelve. Yeah, it all makes sense. Yeah, but the, that's the thing. It's like, how much longer though? I, I don't know. It's just one of those things I was thinking yeah. about that really kind that's of fair. irks me I, a little I bit. Do, I do want to get back to UConn real quick, just to kind of close out the segment. 
make me your argument for why they should be in. Not necessarily that that you fully believe, but like, what is the argument there? Because I'm sitting here still wondering why anyone thinks UConn should make it into the Big 12. I get they're a good basketball ad, but if you have to bring football along with them, what are they really giving you to make up for that? Um, nothing. I don't want UConn. I, I, I don't think UConn's a good idea. I mean, I understand the basketball aspect of it, but at the end of the day, I don't think that's really going to bring enough overall value. I think if you're the Big 12, and if you're looking at UConn now, like Dennis Dodd reported, it's it's a whole thing. I'm not taking that. I, and, and I feel like I would be patient if I was your mark in the Big 12. I would kind of let the – if the pack dissolves and then the ACC starts, you know, getting, yeah, do they go, do they lose some people to the Big Ten? I think I stay patient. And if I have the opportunity to grab a Louisville, to grab a Pitt, somebody like that, that would I would be, be more intrigued, more inclined to do that, especially Louisville, because Louisville mm-hmm. is UConn on steroids. They might not have as many titles in basketball, but that's a damn basketball program. Like, that's a basketball <laughs> and school, hard times and they're right a hell now. of a lot better football program. Hell of a lot better football. And you also get Cincinnati. Exactly. Uh, the Nails. And they all would be right there with, with West Virginia. I think that yep. would make mo- a lot more – that makes so much more sense to me than isolated freaking UConn in the middle of nowhere. I doubt – uh, Big 12 gets Louisville, but I am getting back to the UConn element of it. Is this your Mark acting on his own? Like, I I know Matt Groves was on 365 Sports the other day, and he he kind of pushed back on, on Barry Trammell's report right. that it was mostly your Mark doing his own thing and that, like, the schools of the Big 12 weren't necessarily behind him in that for the, like, Gonzaga and UConn, but like, what what do you make of that? Because right now it does seem kind of like that. Like, I'm sure the basketball coaches for the Big Twelve are all on board. Like, yeah, bring in another basketball powerhouse. Let's do it. But like, where are you at with that? I'm kind of playing middle ground here. I feel like Trammell is a damn good reporter, but at the same time. You get look. He's located right. He's located in Oklahoma, where and I know the the Sooner faithful can't and presidents and all that they can't be in the rooms, but Oklahoma State damn sure can. And you know he's got connections. So are they saying something? And, and I think that was one of the more intriguing things of how Macro's handled that whole thing was it wasn't necessarily um, bad information. It was just um, like a misrepresentation of what was said. So I think there is some pushback. I don't think I don't see how anybody logically could be all in on having UConn. So I, I don't think it was necessarily like this extreme where there was mutiny, but I think there was definitely some tough conversations had and people might have left that um, meeting with some different perspectives on what was said. Yeah. I do like that your marks out there playing multiple angles, looking at multiple schools, just so that schools like Colorado and Arizona can't be 100% certain. Right. Like, oh, if we des- if we decide, we're going to get an invite. Because, like, of course. I mean, I think that's how it is. Yeah. But I think it's good that they have to think of these other factors. So, at the very least, your mark, whether or not it's his main goal, is accomplishing something good for, for the Big 12. Now on the topic of Colorado and Arizona, there's plenty of more going on around there, around the Pac-12 stuff. Some tunes are changing, oh, right? Yeah. Nationally, I mean, you got people who were, this will never happen now. It might? Are, are we sure? And I think that's going to be really intriguing, but we're going to get into that next here on the College Chaos Podcast.
Garrett Ross, Jack McKenzie. I don't think you were up there. Oh, oh was it? Emery. It's all good. Welcome back, back into here. the College <laughs> Chaos Podcast. I'm Jack McKenzie here with Garrett Ross. Emery winner on the ones and twos and you. And as before the break, we were talking about Colorado and how the narrative has kind of changed. There's a little, little you can smell that smoke. Not like Quebec, but, you know, it's coming in a little yeah. strong. And I, I think it's intriguing because I've, I've kind of been on the fence with this. I wasn't sure if it would happen, and as it's progressed, it's like, okay, this is going to, but... You've been on the fence about whether it will happen yeah, or whether like, it should I, I happen. Mean, well, I'm still kind of like... Not sure about Colorado, personally. You're not sure about Colorado. Yeah, we'll get into the, we'll get okay. into that with this. I, I can't wait to hear that. But okay, so we had Brian Howell on the other day on 365 Sports in the afternoon, and um, he covers he covers the Buffalo for the Buffs for um, the Boulder Daily Camera. And I think Craig asked him a really intriguing question of like, do you see Colorado waiting for the uh, the deal to come or not? And I mean, this is a guy who we've had him on in the past was adamant like they're not coming. And he was like, well, um, I, I really could see them getting impatient and making a decision. And I think that really kind of caught all of us off guard. Uh, but the bigger thing to this is like the national narrative around it, right? Because for the longest time, like when you discussed Colorado, it was or really the Pac-12 dissolving in general. It was, okay, well, that's San not Diego. happening. I know. Like, that's not happening. We're going to get the money we want. We're fine. We're safe. We can add San Diego State to get more even. And now now it's it's more like they can leave. San Diego State will just replace them. It's fine. Okay, and that's, that's one thing that really caught me off guard. So John Wilner had that in his article about, well, if Colorado goes, they'll just be replaced with San Diego State. And I'm like, hold up, bro. Like, wasn't San Diego State supposed to replace UCLA or USC? Not like, like fully that, replace, but, but, but like you know what I help mean, close right? That like gap. it was supposed to be. I thought it was supposed to be them and SMU, and they're going to step in and replace. When the hell did that narrative change? So why yeah. now is San Diego State just supposed to replace Colorado and y'all keep moving? That makes no sense to me. Oh, it's because clearly they're as good as two UC, uh, two LA programs and Colorado, obviously. Yeah, and, <laughs> no, no shade there to San Diego State, but like you're not replacing three programs. No, but here's another thing too. Like if I'm Colorado, I'm going to play this very patient. And the reason I say that is I'm kind of going to like force their hand because San Diego State has to make a decision by the 30th of this month or else their exit fee for the Mountain West is going to double. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to wait and I'm going to see if George Klyavkov makes them a member before I even make a decision. And if not, then I'm going to flex on them. Yeah. And, and that's just intriguing to me. But I want you to hear this quote from Jason Shear. We had, he covers Arizona. He has been very adamant this whole time about the Pac-12 and just the uncertainty there, and he's caught a lot of flack for it. Uh, but he and him uh, is starting to see that Colorado is more than likely going to bounce. It's just a matter of time. Do you think Colorado is going to pull the trigger? It, it definitely looks like that. Uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of smoke, and I know there's been smoke or hints in the past, but this feels real because – the guys that usually aren't talking about it as a possibility have started to talk about it a little bit more. I think Rick George, the AD, when he said a few weeks ago that Colorado's going to do what's best for Colorado was kind of the hint, but it, it definitely feels like it's headed in that direction. What are your thoughts? I mean, is it going to happen yet or not? Like, I'm sorry. I just keep defaulting to that. 
Like, I just just let it happen already, man. Like, I, I want it to be over. My, all right, here's some of my issues with Colorado. Do you know how many double-digit football games they've won since 2001? How many double-digit season, winning seasons they've had yeah. since 01? Uh, two. Two. Hey! Is that really – I mean, what, what does that do for you? Okay? Like, I don't see the long-term value. I understand right now the whole Dion effect and everything, but I when I view that, Dion's not going to be there very long. I mean, I honestly think it's going to flop. Personally, I think this is going to be a disaster just kind of going off of his track record uh, for even going to Prime Academy and everything that – like covering them when they were at Trinity Christian and how that offense – and it was just all about his kids and running everything through them. Once Shadur's gone, even if he makes it to Shadur graduating, he's bouncing. I'm sorry. He's not staying put. And then I, who's to say that even works? If he does have success and – um, an SEC program or an ACC program or something needs to, to uh, find a coach, they're definitely going to call him. I, this is He's leveraging Colorado for something bigger, or he's just using this and will get out and go to the media. So I don't necessarily know what the long-term value is with Colorado. I think that's a little harsh on Dion. And I remember we got into this a bit last week. I definitely think that there's a window there for Colorado to use Dion to get to a point where they can hire a better, more stable coach who can consistently deliver bowl games. Yeah, I mean, I get it, but... Like, I I don't think Dion will fail to make a bowl game at Colorado. This year? Not or just this in general? Year, just before he leaves. I would hope not, but I just... I don't... I, I mean, I dude, I don't know, dude. I mean, look, all it takes is six wins... And whether they're in whatever the pack is and continues to be, or they move over and buy like year three for Dion, they're in the Big 12. I think he's making a bowl game. I think you can only have so much talent and miss a bowl game. AM's pressing the boundaries of that, but but yeah, I think that I think Colorado would have been stupid to plan to hire Dion and think he's gonna be around long term. I think there is some miracle scenario where stuff goes so well for Dion at Colorado that uh, he sticks around because he's just winning at the top level there. I think it's a miracle if that happens. So I I do believe that the Colorado uh, athletic department planned around Dion leaving and probably leaving rather quickly. And they are fully aware that they just need to use him to get to a place where their program can bring in a better coach afterwards. Or maybe not a better coach, but a better coach than they had. Someone like Mel Tucker, and then won't they won't lose Mel Tucker? That's cool. I think like I was thinking about this last night. Like if I and I know it's, I mean I guess they're kind of San Diego State's kind of been in the mix, but I think I would rather have San Diego State than Colorado if I was the Big Twelve. No, you don't think so? I think, dude, their basketball program, given that, I think their football program could beat Colorado. I, I mean, they're like seven and two against the pack in the past two or three years. I would, I think That's San Diego State. Term. I know, but I, what's Colorado going to do long term? What have they ever the really done? The alumni base, the size of the university, the Denver market, the people, and the money those people have. Yeah, but I don't. I, I think the history. Just not, I don't think they're the history. You got one natty. I know at San Diego State's going to have any. I'm not talking about the history of Colorado. I'm talking about the history of Colorado in the Big Twelve. 
yeah, the that's fact fair, that they will I mean, reignite a fan part a part of the fan base that likes being around the Big Twelve, that remembers being around the Big Twelve, that treasures a history, that will buy into it. Do you think that that's the case though? Because I think there's a split in the fan base. I think maybe like your older fans would like that, but I think the the probably like your 35 and younger would rather stay in the pack. Yeah, how many how many 10 win seasons have they had in the pack? They don't remember success. They don't remember These success. Fans period. No, that that my point is so either you're going to have the people who've been around longer who have more money cuz they're older and now feel more happy to spend it because they're back where they remember. Yeah, but that's a short-term goal too, right? Cuz what if they all die off? <laughs> then you relate you're relying on the younger people. Who have no reason to feel like they really care about the Pac-12 because they haven't won shit there. I know. I just feel like I would rather. It doesn't matter. The Pac's going to dissolve eventually. And we'll see what happens. But here's another thing with Colorado. Like, the, the Big 12, they want to Colorado get, over San Diego State every day of the week. Well, here's Just the, for the alumni base size. Okay, that might be fair. But the ultimate goal, right, is to get into that West Coast window. Colorado... I mean, it's on the fringe. There's still a mountain time zone. You're still not fully getting out west like your ultimate goal is. We say it's the ultimate goal. People say it's the ultimate goal. Do you need to get that one extra hour over? Like, who are you really taking at that point? If you're not getting an Oregon or a Washington, like, all the best... All the best candidates seem to be in that mountain time zone. Do you really want to stretch your criteria of what's additive, what's dilutive, just to get another hour? Like, they can kick off whenever they want to kick off in the mountain time zone. And we can just say it's a Pacific Coast game. Yeah. Like... It's going to be a tricky... You, I just... You, I, but you get what I'm saying there. No, right, I get right? it. My thing, too, is like... Do you and I've said this like last week, but I feel like right now, until they can consistently, if they can consistently win, like even bringing them over is not necessarily going to give you that window, right? Like if you look right now, I think obviously they're going to get the the big noon kickoffs uh, against Nebraska and uh, the I can't remember the other team, but they get two of those. I think that's kind of like a limited short term thing because you're probably going to get beat there, and then once um, that goes away, like in your what you have been, does that really, is that a draw for that window? I feel like you're going to see Colorado, if they came to the Big 12, I feel like more often than not, you would find them on ESPN+. Plus. I think, again, first two years, no. I think just the renewal of matchups in, in different locations will keep them off of ESPN+, Plus for the majority of their games, especially with, since they'll have Dion. After that, yeah, maybe. We'll see. I don't know who, like, it's easy to say, well, yeah, I know, like, Texas and Oklahoma are going to control the Big 12, so Colorado's not going to win. They're not going to contend. Mm. Who, right. Like, we don't know who the power programs will be. No, I don't, don't. I don't think it's fair to say that Colorado is any less likely than Iowa State. Mm. Any less likely than Cincinnati. That's, that's, all right, that's a better comparison. But do you see what I'm saying here? Is like, as much as they don't inspire confidence right now, I cannot argue with that. <laughs> it is such a wide open opportunity for anyone in the Big 12 at this juncture that if they join for 2025, mm. just one year later than the other four new members, like, I don't see them being behind the eight ball. I don't, 
I don't see them being damned to be on ESPN Plus once Dion leaves. Like, there is no Kansas right now, and I don't view Colorado as a Kansas. I kind of do. I kind of do. I'll play devil's advocate. I do view Colorado as like a Kansas at this point. Really? I do, man. I'm just – I'm not real high on them. They've never really been – like, they've never really garnered, like, garnered any attention other than the early 90s. Um I'm just not a big fan of it, dude. Like, I, I just – to me, you're bringing in a mediocre program to do what? Like, just to get a time zone? Like, cool. But that, what the hell are they going to do for you okay, at the so end of the day? Okay, so who do you add? If you're the Big 12, who do you add that is, av- that is available? And when I say available, I'm really just looking at the Pac-12 because I'm not – I, I mean, I would, say the ACC. At the end of the day, if I – and I know, like, it goes full circle to back to what we were saying when we started this off. I would be going the hardest at U- at Utah, but – I mean, they. I know that the beef with BYU is what's holding that up. Say Colorado does pull the trigger, uh, whether it's, hell, Friday. Say Friday, Colorado says, we're out. We're going to the Big 12. The next domino to fall is who? Arizona. Hands down? Hands down. Do you think that they have to be a group deal with Arizona State? No. That's up to Arizona State at that point. Do you see much difference or how similar is Arizona to UConn? I mean, you've probably brainwashed me on Arizona State a little. You, you asked Arizona. Arizona. <sighs> see? You might have. You see? You, like, what? I don't get. Like, cool. You're, I see the path to Arizona being better at football quicker than UConn. Just because they had the money and the infrastructure and everything already? Money, infrastructure. And Arizona instead of Connecticut. Yeah, for recruiting. Like, obviously, like actually, yeah. just that. Beyond that, I think that regionally, you're not taking recruits as far away from home on the road. There's, It just seems like there's more going for Arizona and, frankly, bringing them into a conference, giving a – I know they're not Arizona State, but I believe Arizona is as much – close to as much of a party school – it's an interesting <laughs> yeah. environment to tempt to tempt high I don't know, bro. Like, with, I was like, I was in Tucson a few years ago, and the whole damn town, like, I was right by the campus. We stayed right by the campus, and the whole block was shut down at, like, 1030. Like, I know there's, like, one little street over there where they get it on and popping, but it's not much of, like, there's not it's that. It's not Arizona State. Exactly. It's not Arizona State. Nothing will ever be Arizona State. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just... I'm still sitting here, and I, I feel like I've said that a lot today. Um, but, okay, so you said Utah's the clear and away favorite for you. For me, yes, because of football, and that's what Throw drives everything. Throw out all of the stuff we've heard. If you're just looking at what are the best ads, not who's most likely to come, but who are the best ads, who do you pair with Utah? Because Arizona State. Okay. That's that's me. Because everyone else seems like their football is not that good in your mind. I personally think enough. they are going to be really, really good in the next five years. That's so, just me. So if you are if you are your mark, if you are the Big 12, you're saying, I want Utah and Arizona State above everyone else that I think is realistic for the Big 12 to get. I personally would rather have them because I think Arizona State has the opportunity. Do you put San Diego State third? Because... I'll, I'll let you say your Arizona State piece here because I agree with it. No, I think Arizona State is literally a sleeping giant. I think Kenny Dillingham is going to, 
I mean, obviously, you've already got freaking Jaden Rashada coming in as your quarterback. You got the pieces around it. You're right on the cusp of freaking Phoenix. Um, like, dude, I really think that's about to blow up. And you're the world's biggest party school. And you're the world's biggest party school. Uh, you've had history, at, at a successful history at basketball at times. I think that's just something where you can build that up. I just feel like there's so much potential there. Um, for Arizona State, and I think you're going to see that. Utah, and, and the reason I'm saying this mostly is because football is a driving factor, and I think those two programs, historically even, uh, are probably, and, and I know I'll get the pushback, Colorado's as the natty, but I think consistently that those two. I don't think you two, put Utah's history over Colorado's the last decade. Oh, all right, Dad, let's better. go realistic, uh, our real time, the past decade, past 10 years, they're more relevant. And so I just feel like you have more to work with there. But with the, the basketball aspect and how much they value that in this conference, I understand why Arizona garners more attention from your Mark's eyeballs. Yeah. But I think what I'm really digging at here is like, from your point of view, is the Big 12 focusing too much on basketball? Because the two schools that seem most likely to come aren't, on, aren't in your top two. And I'm really wondering, based on – how much you're valuing football here. Not that I, I even think you're wrong, but is San Diego State over Arizona and Colorado for you? I think, uh, man, like, because I think there's an argument to be made I, there. I, I kind don't of think like, I, I do. Like, I feel like right now the juice they have out there, uh, you got a brand new stadium. Uh, you have, you're coming off of one of your best basketball seasons in program history, you're all, and you bring back damn like, near everybody. Last, last five years, they're, they're better solid. in both football and basketball than Colorado. Absolutely, and I think the market. I mean, you want to you threw out Denver, San Diego is a damn good. I know that they and they only have them. They only have them in the Padres. So I think yeah, that would be a great opportunity to get in there. I personally do like San Diego State as a third school over that, and I know a lot of people will probably disagree with that, and that's cool. But I. I for me, I would. But going back to what you were saying, yeah, I think they are kind of putting a little too much of an – I think they feel comfortable with where they're at right now with the football programs they have, the the trajectory of them. And I think that that's why you're looking at – you're getting more um, – Comfortable is why the Big 12 nearly died. I know, but I think you have more momentum right now than you've had – by multiple programs than you've had probably ever. I mean, other than – I think that could be an argument made. Yeah, so like I'm, I know I kind of pinned this whole thing on you, being like, so you think, do you think the Big Twelve is kind of, yeah, I mean, I do. Of course, here, no, I think little. that I feel like they are. But what I'm saying, I'm kind of coming around to that, being like, maybe yeah, they I feel are. like most of like, these decisions are basketball based, obviously. Because yeah, I keep, yeah. I keep saying, well, look at the history, but it's like and you got to look forward. Here's another thing, you got to look forward. Yeah, and then say like, say you do decouple basketball and football, right? And it's successful, and I know you're the, you're the premier league as a whole but the sec is starting to get good in basketball the big 10 is no slouch in basketball so if you show that you can decouple them and you can have success then who's to say they won't do the same thing they're already making significantly more money than you for football like then you're just you're in the same spot it's like i don't see that i don't see the advantage in the end if they break, if you show it to be successful and they break off and do the same thing, I feel like you've just opened up a new avenue. And who's to say? Because I really think that that's not that's a long term goal, right? I think the ultimate idea of the decoupling, if that was to happen, would be twenty thirty one when ESPN and Fox deals up. Then 
like, is Brett Yormark even here in 2031? Like, that's that's where I'm at with this. I feel yeah. like you've got to be really careful with what you do. Like, because it, it, say the pack does dissolve and going back to what we were, like, do you want to grab the four corners right now and then five years miss out on better programs from other conferences? I think you just got to be really diligent with the steps you're taking. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting question. And um, I wouldn't want to miss out on schools that might fall out of the ACC. Um, but, you know, before we can get to that, I think we're going to have to get through the 2023 football season. And I think we should take a closer look at those ACC schools in their 2023 football season. We have some uh, ACC over-unders coming up next here on the College Chaos Podcast. And are we up? Oh, hey, sorry. My bad. I should have trusted Emory more. Welcome back into the College Chaos Podcast. Uh, we've got Garrett Ross over here with me, Jack McKenzie. And before we jump into the ACC over-unders, you're looking at me like, Jack, what the what, hell are what you, you doing? What you got? What you got? Nah. Um, I just, one of these days, I feel like we need to just spend a day, do a bunch of mini segments, and go through each and every expansion candidate or, like, just... Just go for the Big 12 perspective and look like, so here is what, right. like, Virginia Tech would mean and this and that and, like, what they'd bring and how much, like, try and rank what what the Big 12 fans should want. Oh, I mean, if I mean, just saying that, dude, that atmosphere, bro. You get to go to <laughs> you go to Blacksburg here yeah, in your Sandman. Jeez. I think it's a little overrated, but it's still great. Don't get me wrong. Yes. Anyway. How are you feeling about Virginia Tech this year? Do you, do you think you're going to take them? They're over under. I uh, believe their line is oh, so four you, and a half. So you want me to go first? No, nah, I'm going. I'm going first. I'm just curious what. what I, you I'm think going. I'm going. That was going to be my first team. Really? Yeah. So I'll, all right, I'll do that. I'm going to take Virginia Tech okay, under. Ahead, yeah. I'm taking Virginia Damn. Tech under <laughs> four point five. Because look, this is a team who really has not been the same in quite some time really since the younger Vic left Marcus Vic left they really haven't been the same yeah. um, and they that you know kind of looking at their quarterback position right now uh, Grant Wells was just very um, bland and underachieving last year I don't have a lot of confidence in him they hit the portal uh, they come and got Kyron Drones from Baylor and not I was, a lot of confidence in I, him. Well, either. see, I was I was really excited. I was like, okay, maybe Kyron gets a fresh start and he's gonna go up there and ball out. And that just hasn't been the case, man. Like he he is still showing why and I, I think that's kind of um with the Baylor staff catches a lot of flack, I feel like, um, for evaluating and things at times. Uh, but this is one where you can you there's no argument, right? Like they damn sure got it right, and you see why he hit the portal. Yep. Um but overall, like, their defense is not very good. Uh, you lose your main receiver, Caleb Smith, to Notre Dame. You do replace him with uh, the Old Dominion's uh, – uh, who is this? I messed that one up. Anyway, Old Dominion's receiver coming in who had over 22,000 yards like receiving Monarch. last year. Huh? Are you asking for their mascot? No, I mean, uh, no. Ollie Jennings oh, okay, is coming in go. from Old Dominion. Uh, so that's going to kind of replace them. But can you get him the ball? I think your defense is kind of suspect. Uh, and then kind of looking at their schedule, uh, when you go here, they Purdue. Old Dominion, you're starting off with Old Dominion. And yeah. Old Dominion is a really, really good team. Mm -hmm. uh, I do think – you know what? I think they might lose that, honestly. Uh, they're, they're four non-conference games to start the year. 
do not look nice. No, not at all. You're gonna you you if you lose to Old Dominion, which is a very good possibility. You're losing to uh, Purdue. You're losing to Purdue. You might lose to Rutgers. Uh, I would hope not, but there's a good chance. Marshall, we've seen them upset Notre Dame last year. Yeah. Uh Pitt, like I don't all, see you beating they, Pitt. Virginia Tech has a chance to lose all four of their non conference games. I, I I think they would squeeze out one. I would. I w- I'm assuming that too. But there is a chance. No, there and, is. There's a legit and chance. You, you usually look to the non-conference games for wins. No, you do. And, and another thing so. too, like looking at this, you play seven straight weeks without a bye. Like, and it, with with when you're a team who is kind of on the fence, like I feel like I would want an early bye in there. Uh, but then after the bye, you get Syracuse. I do think that's a game that they can win. Uh, you know, Louisville, no. Boston College, maybe. Uh, NC State, no. And then the rivalry game with Virginia at the end, I just don't see them beating Virginia. I like Virginia better than I do Virginia Tech right now. So, yeah, I'm taking the Hokies uh, under. Yeah, I see that. But I'll raise you a Miami under 7.5. That's my first pick. I have no faith in the Miami Hurricanes. And I'm like, you're telling me I only need to find five losses? Only five losses. Yeah. UNC, Clemson, Florida State, boom. There's three. A&M, no matter how much of a dumpster fire they are, I think Miami's a bigger dumpster fire. I'm calling that. That's loss number four. Okay. And then give me one of, one of like NC State, Louisville, Virginia. Boom. I'm done. You're done. <laughs> like, okay. Like, I, I'm sorry, but they have done nothing to convince me that they're going to have any real oomph on either side right. of the ball like they <laughs> yeah I've, I've kind of been i don't know why their line is as high as it is i've really been surprised really at how they've like de- it's been such a debacle with the nil at times and how like i really thought chris ball would come in and we're just gonna you know and they, they tried it it just hasn't worked out and that, that's one thing that's been intriguing to me is like how miami of all places hasn't really been able to capitalize and i mean they're going to get players uh I just I don't really know if I trust Cristobal. That, I think that's my biggest thing. Yeah, me too. I mean, like, what has he done to make you feel like you should trust him? Win in what was at that point arguably the weakest Power Five conference in. Out, out but he of was Oregon. at Oregon. Yeah. Yeah, in Oregon, like, I mean, they're, they're always going to get there. They players. had a, they had they had a better foundation to build on than what Miami had. Yeah, and they were in arguably a weaker conference, so like. I have no faith in Miami, and you tell me I should be expecting them to be somewhere around seven and a half wins? No, that's fair. I mean, I, that the line is too high. I was not so much a reflection of whether or not I think Miami's going to go bowling, as much as I think you're telling me that I can have that <laughs> that seventh win and yeah. still win my bet. Hell yes, no, every day that, of the week. That's cool. Who's your number two, though? Uh, give me Pitt over six and a half. Mm. Uh, you know, Pitt, their, their defense is going to be um, – need some work. You're only returning five players. Uh, but you do bring Phil Yurkovich in as your quarterback from Boston College. He's a Pittsburgh native. Uh, and then traditionally, they've done really well with guys from Pitt. I mean, if you look last year with Kenny Pickett, you can even go back to Dan Marino. Uh, and then the, the, I'm a little nervous with him, though. Uh, after the injury he had last year, 
but he did look good in camp. Uh, so I do like that. I love uh, Pat Narduzzi as a coach, and their schedule is very favorable. I think they only go on the road. Uh, they only have like three non-con, uh, three conference games that are on the road. Uh, so that being said, I like that. Depends um, on how you count Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean that's that's true. That is true. But looking at their schedule, uh, you have um, you should go. I think you should start off three and zero. I think they could beat Cincy. I think they beat West Virginia. Um, Neither of those games is easy, but I think you're right. I think they start off three and zero. North Carolina is going to be intriguing because I'm not really sold on North Carolina. I, I think you're going to see them drop. I think Drake May is going to ball out, but I don't think North Carolina is going to come anywhere close to what they did last year. And I would honestly not be surprised if Pitt beat them. Okay. Um, and I then still you, think QB prospects carry the day, but no, no, that's very fair. But I think you're at least four and one heading into the bye. I think coming out of that, you beat Louisville, you beat Wake Forest, Notre Dame, you probably lose. You lose to Florida State. And I think you beat Syracuse, you beat Boston College, and you get beat by Duke. I think that's a I – mean, I like it. Yeah, I. that's a good one. I should have had that more on my radar, honestly. Because uh, I think my number two uh, is probably going to go with the Clemson 9.5 over. Oh, I just – I don't see them losing three games. Tell me, tell me what the third game that Let's they should see. should lose is. I mean, I I th- I don't think they're going to lose South Carolina two years in a row. You already poked holes in North Carolina, Notre Dame, and Florida State are looking at like the two biggest battles here. Yeah, and like you're telling me they can lose both and I still win my bet. No, that's fair. I mean, I feel like this is also a year for them to really bounce back. And I think when you pair... Oh, and I think Dabo's going to have them. Oh, absolutely. I think it's going to be a hell of a battle. killing it on the recruiting trail right now. Oh, yeah. But I mean, no, the the two guys he just landed are absolutely absurd. I love Kate Klubnick as a quarterback. I think he's probably the most well-rounded high school quarterback I've ever covered. Uh, It was Garrett Gilbert, and then he, Kate, surpassed him. I I think what he's going to be able to do... Uh, with Riley is going to be a lot of fun. So, yeah, I, I I like that pick. Okay. Who you got for your last one? Uh, I'm going Duke over six and a half. Duke over six I and a half. I really like Duke a lot. Um, you are bringing back your quarterback, who Riley Leonard, who is an absolute beast. You bring back 17 of your starters from last season. You went nine and four. I just feel like their schedule is brutal, um, but I think you start off, you lose to Clemson. I think you reel off three wins in a row. Notre Dame could be an intriguing matchup. I do think Duke can beat Notre Dame. Uh, I'm not saying they necessarily will, but I think I'd they can at least scare the hell out of them. Uh, you beat NC State. You get beat by Florida State. I think you beat Louisville. You beat Wake Forest. You beat North Carolina. Uh, and you beat Virginia and Pitt. I, I like Duke a lot. I think they're going to be one of those teams that – Sneaky nine-win team? Sneaky. Like, nine I win? think they're – they're going to be dangerous. Okay, I, I like I like that. Giving giving people a good under the radar one, maybe. Um, I'm going to close it off with uh, Georgia Tech under four. I hate the round number lines, but dude, this program yeah, has not, no direction. No, no direction. Like they're they're non conference. I see I see two wins there. Bowling Green and I Sanford. Sanford. I wanted to say it was Sanford. Uh, but you're losing you're losing to Ole Miss. Hell yeah, you're losing, you're losing Ole Miss. <laughs> and uh, everyone knows who they end the year with every year, and they're not beating them. Georgia. Dude, that is didn't brutal. Know. Georgia, <laughs> Clemson, my like Ole Miss. Yeah, that's uh I feel bad for them. <laughs> like they'd have to pull out wins against uh like, I don't know, 
Wake, Louisville, Boston College, Syracuse. They'd have to pull out multiple, like two wins against yeah. schools like that. I just don't see that happening. I think they can beat Boston College, but yeah, yeah. BC is the one I probably have circled most yeah. out of out of those. But I'm like, okay, that's three. You don't get me to four. Nah, nah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah. So Georgia Tech. I'm sorry, but I feel like you're a pretty safe bet <laughs> for hitting the under, even on a round number line. That is fair. That is fair. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's going to do it for today. Um, we appreciate everybody listening. Uh, make sure you go and check out all of our channels that we have out here, uh, part of the 365 Sports Network, obviously 365 show in the afternoons, Monday through Friday uh, from 3 p.m. to 6 Central Time. And here on this channel, Crystal Ball College Football, we have Grayson who – it fluctuates week to week, but we're putting out videos with him. And then our consistent new man, amazing coverage of the Big 12 with Josh Neighbors on Neighborhood Watch. Uh, we'll see if he wants to go live sometime. We're going to see if he uh, will come on our show here soon. I mm -hmm. think we can make that happen. But he publishes videos every day around like 1.30 or 2, depending on how long the interviews go. So if yep. it's around two, that just means y'all are getting more content. Absolutely. And also don't forget to go and check out Sikkim365.com for everything regarding Baylor athletics. And the, I'm going to say this, the basketball coverage on the men's side is absolutely elite. You're, it's hands down the best. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, not, we, not that we you know would like to brag on ourselves because we, we, we work for Sikkim, but None of this would exist. None of these YouTube channels would exist without that website. Absolutely. So whatever you feel about Baylor, they're why we're here. Yep. But anyway, until next week, we out. Peace.